Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% LA Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world, the five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Coming to you live from COG Studios on Thursday, May 30th, ahead of the LA Galaxy Sunday matchup with the New England Revolution. That's right. One more game before the international break. We've got a bunch of news to get to, including going to start out with the LA Galaxy's 2-0 win over Sporting Kansas City, something they haven't done since 2007. We'll dive into all that so that we can get all the details give you our analysis of that game and then get you over to the Galaxy News before getting you ready for the Sunday game. That's right, Sunday 7.30 p.m., not a Sunday 5 p.m., not a Sunday 2 p.m., not a Sunday afternoon, not a leisurely stroll. You're going to be there late, and it's a school night, Sunday at 7.30 p.m. for the New England Revolution. All right, in order to help me out tonight, he's back. You missed him. He's wearing something sexy like you wanted them to. Uh, wearing the away kit, it is uh, the hammer himself, Eric Vieira. Hey, Eric, how's it going, buddy? It's going well. I'm glad to be back. You know, this is an exciting time coming off a win. Galaxy have a winning record in their night Navy kit, so this is good. A lot to be excited about this Sunday, so glad to be back. So uh, Good things to talk about right now. Yeah, a lot of good things to talk about and uh, a lot of good things for the Galaxy. Um, they finish out May, I think, is really the, the, the biggest point of this. Is they, they survived finish out May. May. They survived just barely. Four yeah. losses, which was tough to sort of stomach as, as they were rolling up there. Um, I'd say three of those probably schedule-related whenever you really yeah, look at it. That's one, fair. One of them self-inflicted. Um, and then whenever you finally break it down and look at it, you get two wins to end. And two road wins, by the way, which are almost worth more than three points. I think if you win on the road, you should get like three and a half <laughs> points or Especially something. Especially if like it's that. a Friday to a Sunday or to a Wednesday. So, I mean, short week, too. Yeah, you got to sh- factor that in. Short week. Uh, Guillermo Barra-Scalotto and the guys, uh, of course, departed for Kansas City on Tuesday afternoon, thinking it was going to be easy. No problem. I was going to say, all that stuff was a saga. Um, When you go back and look at it, it it literally, you go into it and you say, okay, so it took them basically 22 hours to go from L.A. to Kansas City with a stop in St. Louis, and there were some nasty thunderstorms. Uh, the the meteorologist in me was was watching this stuff. Whenever they took (laughs) off, I actually had reached out to the L.A. Galaxy, and I said, hey, you know, you need to let me know if if like things are going to go sideways yeah. on this because there's bad weather in KC. So yeah, text I'm, me when you land. Yeah. Is that what you, yeah, did exactly. you hit it with yeah. one of those? Yeah. I was like, so I want to make sure you get home safe. So when you're there, just, why don't you just share your location? <laughs> just share your location with just me. Drop that pin. That's right. Um, so, so I was sort of doing it and I got the update. It was like, Oh, Hey, okay. Uh, their, their flight was 55 minutes late leaving. I'm like, Oh, that's not bad. Okay, cool. No problems. Or maybe it was an intentional to avoid, you know, any tornadoes or storms or anything. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll see if that. No, it wasn't. It was just normal delay. It was normal afternoon. It was LAX. I, I'm going to tell you something, and, and I don't know if people know this. If you don't want to fly on delayed flights, you leave in the morning, right? If you leave yeah, first thing in the morning, morning, it's like a doctor's appointment. Yeah, they're not yeah. going to be late. Yeah, if you have a four o'clock doctor's appointment, you're going to see the doctor at five thirty. Exactly. Yeah. So, so same deal with uh, with airplanes. But anyway, so they leave about fifty five minutes late. They go and then. Uh, after I got done working out, I sort of came and checked out and some things. I'm like, oh, um, that says they're in St. Louis. That doesn't seem right. <laughs> um, and then so we started getting reports that the LA Galaxy had indeed landed in St. Louis because there was a large tornado that actually touched down very near uh, Children's Mercy Park. Um, in fact, somebody said that the uh, the park itself was lined up for a direct hit there yeah. for a little while, and it, it just sort of scraped by. So uh, they did that. Uh, ended up going to uh, St. Louis, which is only, I think, 250 miles away. I mean, it's yeah. it's not far it's away. closer than you would think. 
It was like get in a bus and drive, right? I mean, that was one of the <laughs> that things. Was, probably was an option, or at least was thrown out there. But I think after after it passed, weather weather seemed pretty clear. Well, apparently they were given the option of going to sit at the airport for two or three or four hours and wait for the flight, to then be able to take them into Kansas City. And they said um, that doesn't. We don't know if that's going to happen because there was still weather, and yeah. so there was unknown weather. So they're like, we're going to go get a hotel. So everybody went and got a hotel for this game. Um, I think they stayed at Radisson. Probably. And Embassy Suites, maybe? I know Tomas Hilliard-Arce was getting his push-ups in. Yeah, I saw that. It's a little, <laughs> little social media follow there. Um, so anyway, so, so you had that. Um, and then they ended up, what we then found out was to be chartering from St. Louis to uh, Kansas City. Now, here's... I going to say, does that count as a charter? It does not. Thank you for asking, okay. Eric. Thank you for asking. I reached out to the LA Galaxy and was told it does not count as a charter. So the LA Galaxy oh. have not used it. It was basically because it was outside of the team's control and basically in order to make sure the game still happened and everything was going to work out correctly. Yeah, forced their hand. It's not like they wanted... The St. Louis to Kansas City, that's the one you save your charter for. So that's good. That's good to know. Yeah. They didn't have to burn one of their their designated charters. So, so they have four. <laughs> You're allowed four total. Uh, they've used one, so they have three remaining, and this one did not count to, to make it two. And, by the way, that has to be like a like 40-minute flight or something like yeah. that. It's not far. <laughs> it's like a you know here to Sacramento type of deal. Yeah, is it? I think it's way shorter than it's that. The Vegas, the Vegas trip. There you go. Phoenix, 45 <laughs> minutes. There you like, go. Okay. Done and done. And, and Phoenix is like 300 and something miles away, okay. so it's closer. Yeah, in the neighborhood. Um, so anyway, so you look at that. The Galaxy get there about seven hours before kickoff. Um, I also think it was pretty smart that once you figure out the charter here, Eric, you also figure out that you should probably let the guys sleep in a little bit. Yeah. Let them rest a little bit. I know. It's game day. It's game day. Just take take your time. Get it up. So they get up. They hop on the plane. They come in. They fly seven hours. They go to the hotel, basically, to drop their bags and, and do some stuff there. Um, and then they head to the stadium. Uh, there were a lot of people who were thinking this was really going to affect them. And yeah. I was sitting there going, it doesn't seem like this is going to hurt. It's not yeah. like they spent all day at the airport. Because they still got an, a good night's sleep the night before because they stayed in St. Louis. You know, you know, I don't know if there was any truth to the rumor that Valdecantos had him running sprints on the in the aisles. Right. You know, the Pro- day before. Probably, uh, probably not true. But but I. But, but that would have kept them warm, kept them limber. But I think it probably affected their mentality because then they went in like this is a business trip. They didn't have time to really sit and think about it. They were distracted by by the flights and the delays, so they really just had to go in, do their job, grab those three points, and get out of there. So uh, I understand the fatigue part of it, and that could be something that might set them astray but i think uh, this showed a lot of mental fortitude that they were able to stay focused you know keep their eye on the prize and, and treat this like a business trip i, I think the other interesting part, part uh, important part here is that you look at um the galaxy not traveling with rolf felcher right so that was sort of a last minute kevin baxter was on top of that one uh, okay. finding out that rolf felcher didn't travel so he got injured apparently slight shortly before they were ready to uh, to depart uh training and head towards the airport so it wasn't the sprints in the aisle I don't, that, that I, sent, sent I, him over the edge no he didn't he didn't actually get to go <laughs> Um, so, so he was gone. You knew no Diego Polenta yeah. was there. Uh, Julian Araujo. So basically all the right backs that you possibly could have um, at that point were, were gone. Um, so there was some question marks about whether or not the Galaxy, who they would start and how that would look and, and, and all sorts of fun stuff with that. So um, whenever you go and you eventually look at the starting lineup, um, it made a bunch of sense in a lot of ways. Um, I just think maybe people were overthinking a little bit whenever yeah. they they were like, they're going to go to three in the back. I'm like, they're not going to no, three in the back. You, you don't change it that drastically, especially on the road. You, you try to keep it as comfortable as possible. It seemed like the only option was tr- truly to put Dave Romney in there, and that's what we saw. Yeah, yeah, you saw you saw uh, Dave Romney in there. I like how um, how you go and look at how MLS says yeah. that they lined <laughs> up, and you're like, come well. on. <laughs> So MLS sort of showed them in a four three three, and and that's not that's not how they set up. Um, basically, you had 
Zlatan Ibrahimovic at the top, and they talked about this is here's the I'm gonna be fully admit this. Watching on TV is always difficult to really feel like you understand where players are and where they're positioned. Yeah, yeah. and get the spacing because you don't get to see the field the whole time. Whenever Mm -hmm. you're watching in person, you get to see the field the whole time and you can sort of get a feel for where players are lingering and where they were. Uh, I'll tell you this, that during this first half, uh, uh, Dave Romney played in the center. Dave Romney played on the right. Um, Gonzalez played in the center. He moved out left whenever Shelvick would move up. Um, you know, Legette was in the center. He was on the left. He was on the right. Kitchen was in the center. He was on the right. (laughs) Um, yeah. So somebody actually asked, they're like, "Does any can anybody tell me where Perry Kitchen played?" And I said, "In the good spot, because <laughs> yeah. because apparently that's where it was." And, and he the played Perry, where he was supposed to play. He played, apparently, apparently that's <laughs> how it worked. But um, Ibrahimovic talked after the game how they played with two strikers to sort of start out, and I imagine that the two strikers were Ibrahimovic and Antuna. That's um, what it seemed like at the beginning, because Antuna was putting the pressure on the goalkeeper. So um, if that was the plan, the game plan, then that's you would appear that it would appear that Antuna was the other one who you would have paired up top with them. But the only thing with these starting lineups, and of course, you know, you have to put out a starting lineup, you have to put out the graphic on where exactly they're starting, but these are all just starting positions because once they start playing, I mean, and you, you just described it, players start shifting, especially, you know, if Sporting Kansas City, they were kind of coming at the Galaxy from all directions, so that's going to shift the players around too. So, um, you know, interesting thing, when you look at these lineups and it shows, you know, Kitchen on the right side of it, he's not really going to stay on that right side. He's going to go and, and shift wherever he needs to make those stops. So these these starting lineups, the graphics are really just a starting point, and then players are going to drift. And and we saw that because Antuna was up top to start, and then he played a little more out wide. As the game progressed, right. he was really utilizing uh, the wing. So, you know, these are these are starting points, and the, the Galaxy got comfortable uh, in certain areas once once they got going. Now, now here's the thing. All right, now I don't I don't often get to beat my own chest. I don't because I'm very rarely <laughs> ever right. I was going to say the guy the guy with his own microphone, his own studio. You're not going to, you know, I don't like any of the credit. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, I don't I like don't, to hear my own voice. But here we go. Here, we, you know, I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, if somebody has to be given credit for this for this game, it's probably me. Oh, fair. Yeah, I mean, okay. I, I, I think maybe you thought it you was going to be Perry Kitchen, Perry Kitchen yeah, no. Daniel Steres, no, you know, none maybe of GBS. No, 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 none of those guys. Um, no, no, it's probably me. Um, and it's only because they, they, oh God, they played my game plan to, to perfection. Yeah. Uh, it was absolutely everything that I wanted and what I had talked about on Monday, which was, you know, you're playing a team that played on Sunday. They played a very, very difficult game on Sunday. They don't have any subs. They don't, they don't, they have tons of injuries. They have no ability to rotate. And Peter Vermees, uh, Sporting Kansas City's head coach talked about it afterwards, how he said there were two guys out there who shouldn't have even started because they were injured. Um, and I don't have a choice and I have to have them play. Depth was a concern for them the whole way. Yeah, yeah. And it's been all month. Yeah, we talked about it at the beginning of the month when we were predicting May. We said, I hope they're all still hurt. And, you know, Kansas City had a lot of guys hurt coming into this game. And they had more guys hurt during yeah. the game again. So, again, it's just it's just them. I think that Sporting Kansas City, this may be a lost season for them just because yeah. of the injuries and how far behind they are. But at the same time, you still feel like they're a good team. And with seven playoff spots, they have the talent. Just a matter of catching yeah. fire at the right time. Yeah, and, and they, they need to get healthy. That's yeah. it. That's the only thing Sporting <laughs> needs right now is to be able to actually feel the full team um, and, and put one out there. But um, what you saw in the first half was a dominant Sporting team dominant in possession yep uh dominant in chances because they definitely i think got the the lion's share of the chances there um but what you saw from the la galaxy was the was what they wanted they were sitting back survival they, yeah it was like get through this get yeah. through this let's see if we can work if you can work something off of ibrahimovic and antuna through favio alvarez if you can make yeah. that happen and make that work good make it happen and make it work but don't do not stretch yourselves do not get outside do not overchase. do not overcompensate for anything stay back at yeah. all costs and i think the the perry kitchen start is is what 
maybe raise a few eyebrows and say, why are you going to sit Corona and start Perry Kitchen? But I think the game plan the GBS had here is he, he flipped it because normally you would see Perry Kitchen maybe come in in a second half to kind of slow things down, shut another team down. But he flipped it knowing that Kansas City was playing on short rest. You put them in in the beginning, survive that first half, shut them down, and then with the understanding that Kansas City is going to get tired, and eventually you have a lion up front and and Tuna who's going to keep be have the wheels on the side and make things happen. So I think they kind of had an inverse game plan. Instead of getting an early lead and then bringing in uh, someone like Kitchen to kill off the game, they brought Kitchen in early to survive, and then in the second half is when they t- turned it on. I mean, if you look at the possession on this, uh, the LA Galaxy <laughs> had just shy of 35% possession, which yeah. means that uh, you had 65% possession over 65 percent possession by sporting kansas city in the five minute intervals i was gonna say that's one of my favorite graphics is the five minute interval possession and it's just all light blue for for sporting kansas city the galaxy i think for 10 minutes yeah. had possession and then the, the other 80 minutes it was all skc and they barely had possession yeah. in those in those 10 <laughs> minutes whenever you look at it but i'll say this you started to notice sporting getting tired in that last 10 yes. minutes of the first half and you were like they, they, they had That's a couple chances for counterattacks and they started to run and they slowed up and mm-hmm. they didn't have the people following. They didn't have the bodies following. And so you could see it. So seeing 0-0 and I read, I read Twitter. I saw everybody just <laughs> angry at everybody for no reason whatsoever. Um, but whenever you look at this, um, you could see that the Galaxy were on to something in terms of they were waiting for them to get tired. And the Galaxy, then you look at the bench that the Galaxy had, which is the crazy part because for most of the year, I think people have been saying the Galaxy don't have a strong bench and, and don't have it. But if you look on the bench, the offensive options they had on the bench, Chris Pontius, mm-hmm. Efrain Alvarez, Emil Cuello, Joe Corona, and Emmanuel Botang. those are all basically offensive subs. Yep. Um, and so whenever you can do that, uh, you you can sort of understand, okay, you had the ability to do something that Sporting did not have the ability to do, which was, you know, put in some offensive subs that yeah. could possibly make a difference. So uh, you had guys like uh, like uh, Matt uh, Beasler who had to come in, yeah, and that, he was injured. That seemed like a surprise. It seemed like they weren't expecting to put him in. No, they weren't, and, and so they went through some things. So you get through that first half, it's 0-0. Zero, zero. I'm basically, you know, saying, I think that's a perfect first half. That's what you want. At a place, by the way, the LA Galaxy hadn't won since 2007. Um, it's a fun stat. They technically hadn't won at that place. They had never won yeah. at at Children's. They mm-hmm. had never won in the state. Yeah. Because that state is obviously it comes because they used to play at Arrowhead Stadium, yes. which is in Kansas City, but in Missouri. Missouri. Yep. Right. And so on the other side of the river is where sporting where sporting <laughs> plays now. And that's in Kansas. And so they had never won in Kansas, which is just fun. To, it's, it's a good stat. It's, it's a fun, fun little thing. So uh, you look at that. I mean, they hadn't even beaten Sporting Kansas City in since 2015. Yeah. So even if you just go to straight up wins, you look at all this. So zero zero at halftime. You're like, wait a minute. <laughs> it's a success. Wait a minute. You're, you're in this game. Um, and then it's just all about the second half. They come out in a different formation. They drop back into something they're a little more comfortable with. They went up with the lone striker. And this is for all those people who say, you have to have two strikers up top. Zlatan needs another striker. No, no. Don't disparage our listeners, No, Joshua. no, Zlatan doesn't need another striker <laughs> playing with him. But he does need some support from the midfield. Yes. Um, and that's what Fabio Alvarez. And, and, and you saw that. And Fabio with those first two games without Zlatan, you saw sparks of something there. The passes from him seemed a little bit heavy. They seemed like they were a little bit off. But it reminded me of Polenta. When Polenta started the season, he had his mistakes. He had his rough beginnings. But you saw something there that he's going to be a good player. And I saw that with, with uh, Fabio as well. The passes weren't connecting. It wasn't 100%, but you see the spark of something. And getting this first game under his belt with Zlatan, you can tell they, they already have good chemistry. It's still not a, connecting 100%, and they still got an assist 
uh, on a goal. But, you know, you can see that this is going to be a, a partnership that's going to be key moving down the season because they're only going to get better the more games they get together. Yeah, and by the way, I love that every time I say Perry Kitchen in the chat room, it's everybody's Kevin. yelling, Kevin, yeah. it's Kevin Kitchen. Good old I'm Kev. Like, yeah, I yeah. said I was going to call him Kevin, but, you know, he had a good game. I'm going to show a little respect. Show a little respect for Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> Tip the hat. All right. So anyway, yeah, yeah, Kev Kitchen out there. Um, two assists, two hockey assists. You, but however yeah. you say it, he started those breaks, both of them. He should have had another one. Yeah, and, and that was the funny thing, too, is, uh, you know, if you follow Instagram and you see what's going on, Zlatan made his famous, you know, play those drums post, and Kitchen said you should have had another goal. So <laughs> Kitchen's even on him, you know, yeah. on, on social media. That was good. That yeah, was, that that was, was, it's was always good. nice whenever you have a good enough game where you can poke the line, exactly, you yeah. know. Uh, Zlatan said after the game, he was talking to uh, Spectrum Sportsnet's uh, Megan Risa, and he says, you know, if I was just a little bit younger, I probably would have <laughs> scored that goal, you know. So he said his legs felt a little heavy, and he said he didn't know whether it was because he was a little out of shape yeah. or whether it was because he was just 37. Well, because it's little, one of those. A little bit of both. A little column A, a little column B. You know, he, he did have two games off, so he maybe wasn't as crisp as he's been in the past. And, and that's not really... I guess that that should be his forte is bringing a breakaway and being able to put it away. But some of the passes that he was missing on, uh, that's been kind of a weak spot. If you're going to say Zoltan has a weak spot, it's that 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 was making those passes. So he didn't look very crisp there. So he he got his goal. So we can't be too mad at him. No, um, he did. You know, he should have had his goal a little earlier, but yeah. he, he got his goal. <laughs> um, uh, bottom line. That, that's very Zlatan to not not get the easy goal, but to make make the hard one work. But the assist that he gets too. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, Perry Kitchen with that long cross towards the back post. Again, I mean, you see what Zlatan likes to do and you see and it's more evident in this game maybe than any other time, which is Zlatan likes to go to the back post and peel off. Yes. Right. And so you're going to post him up. You're, it's like you're throwing it down in the key. Yeah. You're going to post him up to that outside, and then he wants to be able to turn with the ball and do something. In this particular case, he goes and he heads that ball back across, and Fabio Alvarez, by the way, the one thing that we, I think, have always said for the Galaxy and what they're missing is trailing the, runner. the trailing runner. Fabio is that guy. Fabio Alvarez. <laughs> that's all. What, so so yes. I, I, you know, I, I like to see the Galaxy playing well. Um, I don't often yell and scream whenever it happens, but that play that right there, good. that was everything that I was saying. If they just do this, they're going to score goals. And that was one of the things yeah. that they were doing. Uh, th how many crosses did they have in this game? You want me I to know. That up? No, okay, I actually know. Okay, go for it. How many? 11. 11. Is that the least amount of crosses <laughs> the Galaxy have ever 35, put in? The, no, yeah. it's not 30. Yeah, it's not 35. Yeah. It's, it's, it's 11. Yeah. Um, they were selective. They also didn't have the ball very much. Yeah. So it was kind of hard for them it's, to cross the ball. You can't cross when yeah. you don't have the ball. I think that's uh, rule rule number one. But but to your point, where Zlatan, uh, you know, in catching that trailing runner, there was a play, I believe it was in, in, the, in the first half, where he played the ball in the box into space and no one was there. And he kind of did his Zlatan thing where he was frustrated that no one ran into it. But that's what he's going to do. He's going to do what he's supposed to do, play it into space. There should be a runner there. If there wasn't, you know, that's, that's unfortunate. Uh, but, you know, people who think he's just looking out for him and trying to shoot at every opportunity, yes, he's a striker. You know, he's known for scoring goals. He's going to try to score. But he's also going to try to set people up when it's an obvious uh, scoring opportunity. So you see that not just on the, the play with the goal, but he's trying to set people up on the ground as well earlier. Yeah, he is. Um, so, I mean, all of that is really good. Okay, so so the standout for me was Perry Kitchen and just his play. Now, one of the reasons that his play, he, you know, he had three stops inside the box. Inside the box, that. Perry Kitchen had three stops. Um, it was him tracking the late runner that you're like, yes, yes, thank you. Well, and, and that's what Jonathan Dos Santos has been doing so well throughout the majority of the season. So to have Kitchen come in, and we talked about this also in, on previous shows where the drop-off from uh, Dos Santos to Carrasco was, was a bit harsh. So you, you assume that the drop-off from Dos Santos to Kitchen was going to be, there was going to be a drop-off, but he was doing a lot of the same things, a lot of the dirty work that uh, Jonathan does. Kitchen was doing the same thing. He was getting physical, roughing guys up, 
uh, dispossessing the other team. So you saw exactly, this is the Perry Kitchen from the beginning of last season where we saw a lot of bright spots. Uh, you know, we saw that in this game. Yeah, and uh, some good movement. Um, you know, Joe Corona comes in for Fabio Alvarez. So then you're able to bring, again. Yeah, Joe talking, Corona off the bench. That's Joe Corona thing. off the bench. Now, did you see, I don't, I don't know if anybody saw, you saw the tape on the back of his neck. You couldn't miss it. Yeah, it was the sports tape that was sort of creeping up his, his spine there. Um, you know, Jonathan Dos Santos had mentioned in, I think, one of his social media. Yeah, he's working that, the neck. <laughs> that the neck was sore for Joe Corona, which may have been why he didn't start. But now you also look at that and say, Joe Corona's rested now yeah. for, for Sunday for the most part. He only played a, you know, a couple minutes, so he should be okay. I mean, you look at Chris Pontius played um, a couple minutes. Yeah, so he's, Pontius is going to be good he, to go he's if ready. you need him. You know, uh, Emmanuel Boateng played a minute. Yes. Um, so he's ready to go. Whenever. So you have these options now to rotate on Sunday against a team that is struggling, and so you have that depth that you can sort of go to, and I don't know that they necessarily need to go to that gonna depth. I was going to say, before the international break, and we'll, we'll talk about the game preview later, but I think before the international break, this is your time. If you have an A lineup ready, you play the A lineup. There's there's no need there's, there's, in resting guys. There's, I mean, there's some of that. Unless you want to play nice well, for there, the international, the guys going on international duty. There's some of that, but here's the other part of it, right, is that you know rest afterwards is great, but it doesn't necessarily recover you for the game if you played three days previous, yeah. right? The fact that they're getting three days, the fact that they got back on, let's see, Galaxy played on Wednesday, got back on Thursday, uh, so they had the whole day Thursday off, basically yes. Friday um, as we're recording. So they got back this morning is my guess. Uh, that's usually how that works. Yeah. Um, and then Friday, they're probably going to do a regen session where it's pretty light and nothing. Yeah. And then Saturday is basically a walkthrough. There's no training going on yes. this week. I mean, there's very it's little. Rest. You might do a little stretching. You might do a little light jogging. Valdecantos will make you do the beep test. And then, you know, <laughs> away you go uh, and into the into, before the game. We'll get the massage gun out there. Just, that's you right. know, that's everyone right. needs one of those. Everybody needs the needs to have that. But I mean, that's what you see. I mean, I thought Daniel Starris played really well. I uh, thought for me, you know, when we're talking about Kitchen, Kitchen yeah. obviously was a standout to me. You, you put Starris in there, you know, saving saving a potential goal. Uh, he's, he's been excellent back there, and this game was no different. Yeah. Um, let's see. So Starris played good. Gonzalez Bing. played good. Romney played good. We're going to shout out Bingham. You know, B- he, he, David- made, he made saves where he needed to make them. Five saves. So he follows up a six-save night against... Um, against Orlando with a five-save night against Sporting Kansas City, and a couple of those were nasty yeah, saves. Some, some, he, the shots that SKC had that came you know, 25, 30 yards out, those, you give them those shots because if a team wants to make those, those are low, uh, you know, low risk if you're, if you're the team allowing those shots. But they were on target, and he had to do work, and he made, he made those saves when, when they counted. You know? if, if there's a knock on Bingham for me, it's, it's some of the clearances out of the box where right. he kicks the ball out of, out of bounds. He doesn't really connect. With a player, it's connecting, you know, that goalkeeper play and transitioning into the offense. That's the knock for me. But as far as shot stopping and playing back there, you know, he, he's been fantastic. Yeah, he's been uh, he's been outstanding. I mean, I, I know I know the guy who receives a ton of hate is is Jorgen Shelvick all the time, and he's he's deserved it on most occasions. I mean, you know, that's just the thing. Uh, but he was going up against Johnny Russell. Yeah, that's tough. And and Johnny Russell, you know, served him as lunch a couple times too, but he survived. He survived, and and he, yeah. and he did a good job late in the game. Whenever Russell was tired of just guiding him out of bounds a bunch and pushing him towards the end, I like that. And that two that point with with survival when you talk about Kansas City being tired, they had some really good opportunities where. They had some terrible shots, and that is fatigue, tired legs, not being able to to get you know a decent shot. So they were kind of going for the desperation move. So uh, even though Sporting Kansas City outshot the Galaxy, they outpossessed them. I, I don't walk away from that game saying that they, you know, they were gonna they they were gonna win that game when we totally stole it. I feel like we execute the LA Galaxy executed a game plan, and and they did what they were supposed to do. I don't think Kansas City could walk away saying we should have won that game because uh, the Galaxy did their job. 
And can we understand that unless you're some sort of super team, which, you know, I don't think, uh, you know, is really a thing in Major League Soccer as yeah. much as it is around other places, that when you go on the road in Major League Soccer, you play differently. Yes. You're not a, you're not going to hold possession. You're going to look to counter. You're going to look to absorb pressure. And then you're going to try to find your spots. And you go out there, you smash and grab it, and you run to the plane with your three <laughs> points as fast as you can. Secure the bag. Orlando was more of a smash and grab than this game. This game was much more methodical in terms of how they did it stole the words out of my mouth. This is what happens when we keep coming on the show together. Mm. I was going to say that was a methodical victory by, it, by GBS and, and, and the team. And, and so, I mean, if you're looking at that in terms of what do you, you know, I, I think people were saying, well, they didn't play very well against, I, I, I disagree. I think you played it almost exactly the way that you kind of, the first half was hit and miss more. Yeah. But the second half, something the Galaxy have struggled with mightily was perfect. That's it was exactly saying. as it should have been played. That's why to me, uh, and I go back to what I said in the beginning, they flipped the game plan. They played their second half first and then they played their first half second generally how they've played all season yeah and and uh so i, I think if you're looking you, you look at form right and how the galaxy are playing and you saw okay so colorado game they lose to colorado but they played well in that game yes they don't play particularly well against orlando but they get the win they played well enough to steal a point steal three points and, yep. and get out sporting kansas city was taking advantage of a tired team what are you looking but it was the way they went about yes. taking taking advantage and, of a tired and, team and you can say they were tired but kansas city has talent they and you saw what they did against uh Seattle, who's been who's been setting the league ablaze, you know, and they handled their business against Seattle. So this wasn't yes, they were a tired team, but this is a good team that the Galaxy went out and beat on the road. Yeah, um, yeah, and the record won't show it. Nothing, nothing in this. Yeah, if you're just looking you at the get, box score. You don't get bonus points or extra points for it, but but this was you know a, a good victory. It was it was it was what you needed to do to to sort of close it out. So when you look at this, then with the six games, the Galaxy averaged one point per game. That's not horrible whenever you figure <laughs> that four of those games are on the road um, and that you played six games in the span of one month. All of those things really are sort of stacked against the Galaxy. It's just, I think I think everybody would agree that nine points would have been better than I, the six. And, and going back to our preview, when we previewed me, I said eight or nine points, nine or ten points. That would have been the goal. So they fell short uh, of an ideal road trip. But to put it in perspective, if the Galaxy would have tied all six games and gotten one point every game, yeah. would you have felt as good about this team as the winning the last two games? I, I feel, you know, you feel better with the momentum coming off two wins than you would off of six draws. Yeah. You know, not that a team is likely to get six draws unless you're New York City, but uh, I think yeah. they're chock full of draws. But yeah, they are. You, you feel better about coming off a victory than you do if the team were to draw a whole bunch. This is a step forward in terms of what the Galaxy are trying to do. They were trying to close out the last three games before the international break with all wins. They have one game left against New England, who's struggling, who has to travel all the way across the country. The Galaxy on shorter rest, though. This is almost the reverse sporting Kansas City <laughs> whenever you look at it. But the Galaxy have a couple more days than, than really sporting had, and the, the type of game they played was a lot different. The, the Galaxy... Didn't do as much running in the Sporting KC game. Yeah, they sat back and let they, it. They really yeah, did. Yeah. So, so uh, unlike uh, Sporting, who who had to sprint for 90 minutes against yeah. Seattle in that game. So, um, we'll, we'll draw some comparisons as we go. Now, let's go to news. Um, we have a couple different items here for news uh, as we look ahead uh, to uh, to the upcoming month and all the things that that's going to, going to encompass. The first thing that we have is the league's cup that's the right league's cup the league's is, it's here it's woo yay uh we <laughs> talked about it we told you who the teams were we didn't know schedules at the time but yeah. we sort of were anticipating what some of the schedules could be uh the la galaxy are officially part of the league's cup which will host uh mls teams versus uh liga mx teams uh this there's nothing good news about this i don't know how <laughs> else to say this this is one of the most blatant money grabs uh, that Major League Soccer has ever, was, ever done. <laughs> I was just going to say, this is has cash grab written all over it because you have 
the you know CONCACAF Champions League, which is where you'd see these teams normally face off. Uh, obviously, that hasn't gone well for in MLS's favor. Uh, then you have the Campeones Cup, where you have the you know MLS champ versus the Liga MX champ, and then so now you're throwing in the League's Cup, and this is the way this is blatant is because all the games are hosted in MLS stadiums, so it's you know. Liga MX is popular in, in yes. North America. It's in popular, one of the most viewed uh, sports in the United States. The ratings are off the charts. So they say, you know, come to Dignity Health Sports Park. Come watch, you know, Club Tijuana. Come to SeatGeek Stadium. Come watch Cruz Azul. You're basically inviting, you know, people who enjoy Liga MX to come and, and drop their money in their stadiums. That's that's all this feels like because of the way the teams were chosen on invite only and, and the way it was kind of shoehorned in here. It feels like a pretty blatant cash grab. Uh, the teams from the MLS again are the LA Galaxy, Chicago Fire, Houston Dynamo, and Real Salt Lake. Houston Dynamo said, and after this was announced and their coach, uh, is, that, is that Cabrera? William, Wilmer Cabrera? Yes. Yeah, Wilmer Cabrera comes out and says, um, this is going to be a really great opportunity for our Rio Grande <laughs> Valley guys, which is their USL team. Well, I like that. Call, yeah, call he, it like it is. He's like, this is going to be really great for our USL team. I was going to say, Ethan Zubak, this is your time to shine. Yeah, and uh, and so, I mean, you, you look at this. This is going to be bench players. This is going to be Galaxy 2 players. Um, this is this is nothing. If if you're an LA Galaxy fan, you want the LA Galaxy to do well this year, then you hope that they lose the first lose game. Lose the first game and they're and, done. And you're done. And you don't play anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Are you going to talk about the... This is sandwiched in between two pretty critical games as well. Yeah. Because we have Friday, uh, July 19th, is against, you know, the first El Trafico. Right. Against LAFC. Then they play Tuesday versus Cholos is for the League's Cup. And then they go away to Portland, who Portland's been playing very well. So LAFC and Portland, those are two important MLS league matches. And so to sandwich this in between, uh, to put any resources and any effort in this, unless there's kind of some backroom handshake deal that some starter has to play, you know, cough, cough, Zlatan, if 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 that's the whole reason why they they picked this team, then maybe, um, you know, they can get out of it with 45 minutes or something. But, but these are two crucial games that it's, it's interrupting. You want, you want to end this league's cup before it even gets started? <laughs> Start Zlatan Ibrahimovic and watch him get injured in this yeah, game. Yeah, against a league yeah. MX player who's yeah. looking to prove themselves. That, that'll be nice. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, and, and, this is not. This isn't the the Concacaf Champions League. This isn't the CCL. That's this, a frustrating thing. What are the stakes here? The, nothing, Pri- nothing. Prize money? No, but, no. <laughs> yeah, not right. really. What? <laughs> I go unless it's unless you're going to talk the five or six million dollars. Uh, you're not. You're not moving the needle anywhere. And and th- that mo- money can be applied directly to the salary cap yes. for some reason. No, it it, it doesn't work. Uh, LA Galaxy will play uh, Jolos on July 23rd. Um, it is the first games will be played on the 23rd and 24th. Then uh, it goes to the net if you win August oh, 20th. August 20th, <laughs> and then eventually September. September 18th. Yeah, I think they should schedule the final one day before MLS Cup, just just in case. That's a great any idea. Any of these teams go far, that they're they're nice and fatigued in the playoffs. Yeah, it's um this is this is one of those this just you sign you don't care. Um this is like if you could get other teams players to play this game for you, you would vote the other team. <laughs> this is like the All Star game. All Star game. Which yeah. by the way, I should remind everybody, All Star voting is open. And yep. if you were doing as from the inception of this podcast, from the very first year we ever started this podcast, we told you what you should do with your All Star votes, and that is. Find your biggest rivals, vote them into the All Star game as yeah. much as possible. Do not Same do not put your own players town, in there. Have have a lot of players available. You know, some guys up by the Bay Area have some players available. Put all those guys in. Put the all All-Star those guys. Game. Chris Wondolowski needs to go to the All Star <sighs> game. That's Chris Wondolowski. Don't get me started. I won't. I, we haven't mentioned it on this podcast. <laughs> it's not a thing. And we won't. We're moving on. Um. So anyway, so that's what you have with the League's Cup. Um. The the Liga MX teams, by the way, uh, Club America, Cruz Azul, Tigres, and then uh, Tijuana, as we said. Um. Let's see. The other news that just came out today is the U.S. Open Cup draw the fourth round. Now. 
<sighs> I have mixed emotions about the U.S. Open Cup. I really, I, I enjoy the... You don't get wrapped up in the cup sets and the, uh, the fever of the cup? They're fun. It is fun. It is fun to watch. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed watching Las Vegas lights get knocked out well, of uh, knocked out of the, the cup. The, the irony and kind of the fun thing about this is the, the fun part of the U.S. Open Cup is that now the fun's over. Now that you're bringing the MLS sides and now it gets kind of down to business. But the fun part is watching your your Orange County FCs make a run, you know, watching your Academica Turlocks of the, make a run. Of you know? the NPSL, <laughs> right? I mean, this yeah. is, they, they call themselves a semi-pro league, um, that, a semi-pro team. This yeah. is more of an amateur it's an team. an amateur side, truly. Yeah, so, so this is, you know, the LA Galaxy have drawn Orange County FC, which is the best draw that the Galaxy get if you want them to advance in this tournament. Yes. Um, so basically they were put in a pot with Orange County FC, Real Salt Lake, LAFC, and the Galaxy in there, and the Galaxy drew OCFC. Um, and then apparently it goes to the round of 16 where it gets mixed back up yes. again. So there's no, you don't won't necessarily play the winner of the RSL LAFC match. Although it's, having an El Trafico <laughs> in the in the Open well, Cup and, could and, be interesting. And no one's having that conversation this morning before the draw. They said, is it possible to get the fourth round matchup in El Trafico? Um, but it just seemed like OCFC wasn't going to travel to Salt Lake. They were going to get one of the the LA based teams. It just you know I don't know the, now, the magic that now Eric, behind it. Eric, these are all blind draws, so there's no way that that could. <laughs> but have it never been. seems to work and out no, that way. FC Golden State Force just happens to always you know, or we get a uh, El, El Maquina. You know, we always yeah. end up with these teams that are local. That was uh, that was somebody while the draw was happening this morning on Twitter. They're they, there's some things like it used to be that the Galaxy would go play in North Carolina. You yeah. knew they were going to North Carolina. <laughs> it would be like you have, Hawks. Yeah, you have to play the Railhawks, right? Now they're North Carolina yeah. FC, right? Uh, so like that and so somebody was saying um they were like oh what are the chances sacramento is going to play san jose again yeah. right and everybody's like it's going to happen and then yeah. it ends up happening and of course. It, so it gets drawn that way uh so you're in the fourth round right now that game will happen on because see it would have been nice if i wrote it down june 12th it, wednesday june 12th 7 30 I, I have my schedule okay, down here sorry you it's know fine. no I, I do some show prep too do, do your thing go I'm ahead pre- <laughs> go ahead please i don't i'll, I'll read your tweet yeah go for <laughs> la galaxy to host orange county fc in the fourth round of the U.S. Open Cup at the Track and Field Stadium on Wednesday, June twelfth at seven thirty p.m. Can, can I can I now take can I now say the bad um, the bad takes on this? Which okay. are, are the, the the faux outrage at the Galaxy <laughs> possibly playing at the Track and Fields? How dare they? This is one of those like the All Star voting. We say this every year. The integrity of the U.S. <laughs> Open Cup is at bay here, Eric. You you that's not respectful to play at the Track and Field. I, I actually think the opposite. I think that's what makes it fun. The, it the, it uh, is what makes it fun. Yeah. You get to hear Zlatan Ibrahim but yelling at people if he plays now, i was gonna say you're gonna i know i know his like, time will not be at this game i don't see i disagree with that you think he's you, gonna, i don't know i think okay. he'll be available to play and the, one of the reasons is that it's in the middle of the international break i guess that's true there's he's, nothing going on he's not going away no yeah. so you ha- you don't have a game for 10 more days after that so why not play uh some of these guys why not play some of your starters you need them to stay you don't want them to be rusty either yeah so, so let me I go think out there. When we saw this game last year, you saw a lot of G2 guys. You saw the first call-up of, of some of these players. And so that's, that's what you expect. But the international break does give it a different a different spin. I personally don't think you'll see Zlatan here. Um, but maybe you'll see some some Galaxy players, first-team players, in street clothes watching the game. But I think you'll you'll mostly see a reserve side here. Yeah, um, I agree. I think you're going to see yeah. heavily that. Um, or it'll at least be the the, the subs, right? You're yeah, gonna get this might be your, your, your Efrain Alvarez. This might be the game that he starts. Juninho, yeah, Juninho, Juninho is going to get, yeah, get in the minute. Yeah. Um, who's been playing down with Galaxy 2, by the way. So he is getting minutes as people have asked, where's Juninho? And, and, and that's one of the questions we'll talk about lineups, too, is 
where does Juninho figure in this squad? And that's where he's rehabbing. He missed a lot of the the training camp and getting warm and getting his legs. So him going down to G2 and getting those minutes, this is a good thing. This, you know, he's getting playing time. Uh, it, it seems odd, you know, to see Juninho on, on G2, but it's a good thing. It's, it's where you're going to get your legs under you. This is so. So this is my my sort of uh, I don't know wishy washy take on the U.S. Open Cup. It's one of those things where you go out there and if you win your first game, that's cool, and you're sort of like, okay, how much effort did you have to put into winning your first game? Because hopefully it's not yes. right, and you're like, okay, we, you won the first game, cool. Should should be a given. So then, um, so then you go into the fifth round, which is the round of sixteen, which is scheduled around June nineteenth or so. Um, so then you go in there, and again, it's going to be like. Well, how much effort are you going to put in in order to do this? I mean, if it happens on the 19th or, you know, wherever it ends up being and you have a game on the 22nd uh, at FC Cincinnati, yeah. then, you know, how much effort are you willing to put into it? And, and I think who it, are you playing? And it, it's who you're playing and where are you drawn? Because I think if you're going away, if you happen to, to have to travel um, to, to this game, then maybe you don't put as much effort. But if you're home, it may not hurt to... to start your starters and then you're going away to Cincinnati who's bottom of the Eastern conference. Maybe that's the game that yeah. you put your subs. So it all depends on, on who they draw and where they're playing. That yeah. Game. I think, I think galaxy went to Portland in the fifth yes. round last time last and they year, played them well. They actually. played at Portland, but yeah. lost that game. Yeah. One yeah. zero. Yeah. That was a, that was a, that was actually a pretty good game. The galaxy played. So that's a, that's the, the, the fifth round. Then you get in the quarterfinals around July 10th, semifinals around August 7th, the finals. Now, if you're in the final, you go the, for the final. I mean, if you're in the semifinals and you realize yes. you're one game away from being able to go to the, U.S. Open Cup, and it starts to be like, okay, it's time to. It's, what, what are we doing in the league? <laughs> Who are we playing well, in the league? And, and it's funny, we all we kind of protest the U.S. Open Cup and why are we trying in this competition. But I remember a couple of years ago when they had Chicago in the semifinal, and you could taste a victory, and then it all went sideways, you know, yeah. at, at the end there. But but when you're when you get to that point, you win and win, win it. But I think we're looking past. Uh, Paul Caligiuri's side, the LA Galaxy connection, the fact that Paul Caligiuri is coaching this Orange County FC team, it's it kind is. of it brings an interesting wrinkle to it's, it. It's fun. I mean, and uh, and this Orange County side goes to Las Vegas Lights and Eric Ronaldo's team, yeah. and uh, three, they smacked three, them. Yeah, three three in the 89th minute. Yeah, and the game ended five, five three. three. Five three. <laughs> Good stuff. The cup set. The cup. cup set. That's why it is fun. Yeah. All the games, by the way, available on ESPN Plus, right? So you can catch any U.S. Open Cup game on ESPN Plus. They're all streamed. All yeah. that. Um, this game. Will probably it will be available on ESPN Plus. Yeah. I don't see them blocking anything out. Nobody has the rights to it. And I was going to say you've already missed the fun part because we talked about if, if you're not a fan of uh, local broadcasters from other teams, wait till you get you know first round U.S. Open Cup announcers. That that's good times right there. So you the, missed the, that part. The away the away side <laughs> doing it and and shouting we 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 with the whole time. I think I did that about four or five times to start this show. So the, the, you know I get it. The uh, the uh, there's a there's a team from up north that is not in Major League Soccer who is possibly the worst at this. Um, and uh, and it, I would sit there and just bang my head. I, I can't I can't handle it. I can't watch USL games whenever they go play up there. It, it doesn't happen. Um, so it's, it's, it's one of those things. So you have US Open Cup coming up. Whether or not it gets taken seriously, again, is more about draw than anything else yeah. and sort of where you are. And if you... The, this has always been the case with the US Open Cup. If you have home games, you have a better chance of winning. Yes. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. If you're, if you're drawn away, then you're not going to put that effort... In it. But if you have a home game, you know, you have some home cooking, you're, you're always going to like your chances at home. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right. So that's that. Uh, the other little bit of information is uh, that Rolf Felcher was officially named to the 23-man squad for Venezuela. So he is going to Copa America. Uh, Rolf Felcher injured right now with, oh. a, with a leg strain, but apparently still called up and healthy enough to, to be able to maybe but make that. What that tells me is that the injury is not that serious. Because if it was a serious injury and they, you know, made plans to have him be part of the 23 
you know, he would have to decline and say, you know, I'm not going to be able to contribute. But the fact that he's going to be able to contribute in the next couple of weeks shows that this is an injury uh, that, you know, while it's unfortunate that he's out, it's something that he'll be able to bounce back from. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be an interesting. Oh, by the way, people have been asking about the treble. So are the Galaxy going to win the treble now? And the treble includes um, the Leagues Cup, M- Cup. MLS Cup, Lamar Hunt, <laughs> the, the U.S. Open Cup, and then, of course, the Leagues Cup. The Leagues Cup. Oh, God, I hope the Galaxy. I mean, come on. <laughs> Leagues Cup champions. I want. Did I, we get a star for that? I. I oh. <laughs> I want you get like a like a happy face that's a okay. sticker. You get a that's sticker. You, you get a sticker <laughs> um, for for the league's cup. No, it just it, it doesn't make sense to me in terms of what what MLS. I, I get it. They're it makes, trying to grow a brand. It, it makes sense. It just we don't like it. We don't like the reason. It makes sense, you know, in the fact that it makes dollars. It doesn't make dollars though. Who's going to show up? Well, we're going to find out. Nobody. I'm already telling and if it you, doesn't, you then, to... you know, have fun watching the only ever League's Cup. I'm, it... I'm really just upset that they play on July 23rd, which is my birthday, which means now, I now have to go work now on the that truth Tuesday. Comes out. And I'm like, I don't... You have it's a personal like, grudge eh. with the League's Cup. It's live soccer, right? What do we, you li- Everybody likes live you can, soccer. You can do a lot worse. You can, absolutely. Um, let's get over a little bit on the injuries and, and sort of the stuff that we don't know right now. Uh, Didi Traore, we, we haven't seen him basically yeah. since he's been quote-unquote injured. Uh, we expect that perhaps he will will be ready here in the next week or so um, whether he makes it for the uh, for the game against uh, New England is, is sort of up there um, and we won't really get an update until Friday Friday is when the media is going to be able to go out and ask questions so we're recording on a Thursday Friday morning check Twitter and you should see some updates from some reporters on that I say June 12th versus Orange County FC seems like a Didi Triori game Didi has it circled. Yep. <laughs> he's, he's ready to go. Uh, Diego Polenta seems like uh, Guillermo had mentioned that it looked like he was targeting the New England game for him to come back, but he also said it was looked like he was looking at the Orlando game before that. <laughs> so, you know, it's one of those that just slides a little bit as it comes back. So Diego Polenta could possibly be uh, ready for the New England game. And again, that we'll find out more on Friday as that comes up. Uh, Roman Alessandrini out until September. Um, you have Rolf Felcher right now who has a leg strain, but was just called into the, the Venezuelan national team. Um, so all of those things sort of combining, it looks like, you know, for the most part, everybody should be fairly healthy. The squad that you saw against Kansas City, that's the squad that should be available, you know, with the one addition being Palenta. But that's a question mark, too, because you say if if he needs the rest, are you going to bring him back and push it for one game right. and then take another two week break? You know, if it's if you're depending on how you view New England, is this, you know, do you give Palenta the, the, the night off and, and give him the full you know month to recover? Yeah, it's, uh, it, again, I mean, that's sort of going to be the thing. Why, why thing. push it? Why yeah. push it now? Um, you're still going to play some games, it looks like, in that international break on the U.S. Yeah. Open Cup side. So you have ways to work guys in. Uh, there's probably no rush right now. Let's get through some standings real quick just to get everybody updated and then um, sort of look at the schedule real quick with the breaks. And then we have a whole bunch of questions that people wrote in and talked to us about. So I want to get to those before we get to the New England game. So still a bunch here to, to sort of get through. Uh, standings right now, Western Conference still being driven by LAFC, 34 points, averaging 2.27 points per game, 15 games played, same as the LA Galaxy. Uh, LA Galaxy, though, back up to second. Second in the Western Conference, second in the league, 28 points, 1.87 points per game, uh, 15 games played, 9-5-1 and one so far. 21 goals for 17 goals against Lara plus four right now, which is a little under some of the teams around them. Yeah. Um, but with the two shutouts that you've seen, the Galaxy just list back to back. The uh, the projection on that actually ends up being about 39 goals given up. So yeah. under 40 goals given up this yeah. season if they can keep it up. Yeah, the goal differential might not be high, but the goals against isn't extremely high either. So that's where you, you, you take the trade off. And, and the fact that they're still in second place 
considering a four-game losing streak yeah. is impressive. You know, that, that it's, sort of was one of the things I was trying to flirt with a little bit on Twitter here. I was trying to, what does that tell me about this? Yeah. It tells me that everybody's playing a congested yes. schedule and that you're getting no movement in the standings, really. Everything's staying the same because yeah. people are winning, people are losing, people are winning, people are losing. And, and even when you go to the points-per-game rankings, the Galaxy are still third there. Houston Dynamo are above them, uh, but they're, they're, they have... Uh, three games fewer played that's going to be and, and so they're, they're in the league's cup too yeah, they have to play another they're, they're going to have to you know and you you think of that team and you saw how the galaxy matched up against against them you you want to keep dis- disrespecting houston but they seem to to be getting results but it seems like the other shoe is going to drop with that team eventually here's the, here's the thing with houston is that they're one three and oh on the road um the galaxy are three three and one um so whenever you look at it the houston hasn't played a bunch of road yeah, games have and they haven't the, won a bunch yeah, of road games so they're going to have to play those at some point yeah, it's a uh, it's it's an interesting one. Uh, on the uh, let's see, I was trying to see LA Galaxy in second, Seattle in third, Houston in fourth, Minnesota in fifth, Real Salt Lake in sixth, FC Dallas just above the line right now in seventh. San Jose Earthquakes, Vancouver Whitecaps, Portland Timbers, Sporting Kansas City, and Colorado Rapids are below the line. The two teams that are below the line there that I'm sort of keeping an eye on is Sporting and Portland, and mm-hmm. I don't believe either of those teams are that bad. Uh, I feel like Houston is a pretender, even though whenever they came out and I said <laughs> that before that they actually they played the Galaxy very tough. Um, Minnesota, Minnesota may be a pretender, a pretender. as well. Um, so whenever you look at it, Real Salt Lake may not be. Real Salt Lake may be right where they're supposed exactly. to be. Exactly. Yeah. That's the way I'm looking at it. And and you talked about Houston not playing a lot of games on the road, and eventually they're going to have to play those. Portland's the inverse. They haven't played any games at home, so eventually they're going to get, you know, that's going to play in their advantage, and you're going to see them climb the standings. They open on June 1st, I think. June 1st. I think. So coming up on Saturday. They have um, brand new turf. Yep, brand new, new turf. They spend the whole time renovating, and we put turf in. There, There is rumors that there's going to be grass there here in the next oh, couple uh, of years. There's, there's grass in Portland, trust me. There's a lot. Trust me. I'm sure there is. Uh, <laughs> if you're looking at the Eastern Conference, uh, DC United currently leads 26 points. So uh, the LA Galaxy would be leading by two points in the West in the Eastern Conference if they were there. Uh, Philadelphia Union at 25, Montreal Impact at 24. Montreal is not that good of a team. This Eastern Conference and is just very not injured. Yeah, for six or seven yeah, weeks six or something. Weeks. Yeah, that's uh, that's not good for them. So Montreal at 24 points, Atlanta United has been clawing their way back up. 23 points, Red Bulls at 21 points, New York City FC. So both New York teams right on top of each other there at 19 points with FC. Uh, and then Chicago Fire 18. It's Toronto, Columbus, uh, Orlando, New England, and FC Cincinnati. So the Galaxy coming up will be playing at FC Cincinnati. Yeah, two of these bottom dwellers in that, the East. That's not that's not too bad, playing the 11th and 12th <laughs> right after each other. I mean, if you're looking for the Galaxy, you're looking for momentum, that's momentum. The yep. last two wins, that's momentum. Keeping that rolling is good. Uh, Supporter Shield standings, as you know, LAFC at 34 points, LA Galaxy at 28 points. Then it goes Seattle, D.C., Philadelphia, Montreal, and the Houston Dynamo. Um, the very last team in last place, Colorado Rapids. Everybody runs. The- Look, they only have one win this year. They <laughs> two, they have two. No, they do have, they have two, two wins. wins. They, they went on a two-game win streak. They, crazy. So it makes us feel a little bit better. Crazy they are. Crazy. Which, you know, I, I forgot to, to link it in here, but someone posted the rectangle of parity. <laughs> Every team has lost and every team, you could put a, a rectangle together where every team has, you know, beat each other and it goes in a perfect rectangle uh, there. So that's where that's where the league is. You know, everyone has a leg up on everyone at some point. It, it's scheduling. It's yeah. everything. There's, there is too much parity. Uh, not yeah. too much, but there is a lot of parity yeah. in, in Major League Soccer as it goes. All right. It's that any given Sunday mentality. Uh, as you're looking at the schedule right now, the Galaxy will play on June 2nd against New England. We're getting ready to preview that. Uh, then they'll play in the U.S. Open Cup on Wednesday, June 12th, 7.30 p.m. at the Track and Field Stadium against Orange County FC. Uh, then it is back to MLS play, at least for right now, um, although there could be another Open Cup game in there as well. But back to Open Cup, or back to MLS play on Saturday, June 22nd, whenever they face uh, Cincinnati FC. 
or FC Cincinnati, excuse me. I was going to say Foosball don't, Club. Make sure you say it correctly. Don't want to screw that one up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have the San Jose Earthquakes on June 29th. I'm planning on going up to that game, so that'll be fun. Uh, home to uh, Toronto FC on July Thursday, 4th. July 4th, and then Friday, July 12th against uh, San Jose before you get to the July 19th game and uh, the, the chance to play LAFC in the first El Trafico. We talked about the July 23rd game against Tijuana in the Leeds Cup. Uh, <laughs> can we come up with a different name for it? Because I, like I don't like Leeds it. Cup Cup. I don't. I want to be like. I, I just want to. I want to not give it the proper due that it's supposed to be given. We'll workshop that. We'll yep. get our people on it. That's a good idea. Um, and then, of course, you have uh, to close out the month of July against the Portland Timbers away, which is what we told you. You yep. go way to Atlanta. So yeah, there's some games coming up. Uh, that's really what you need to know. Um, let's get to some questions here before we get to our preview of the New England game. Uh, a bunch of questions went over to Reddit. Asked my friends over at Reddit. If you if listen, Reddit. I complain about Reddit on a regular basis because it has some rules that I don't necessarily agree with. But I think that in the LA Galaxy uh, sub Reddit that we have, I think that we've figured out those rules and that it feels like it's 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 much more, it's a happier place. You know year. how to dance around the system. Because well, I feel like pe- people in Reddit in general, those are your diehards if, of anything. You know, those it, are your <laughs> hardcore internet people. So it, we, when you're going there, you're getting uh, you know heavy concentration of whatever it, passion that they're going for. The, all the people who are on big soccer kind of went to Reddit. <laughs> that's that's kind of how how it went. So you, you understand it. No, there's you do get some big passion. So anyway, let's get yeah. to some questions from them um, because I am an active participant in that group, and there's a bunch of good guys here, a uh, bunch of guys, good guys and ladies on Reddit. Uh, let's see. J N Lopez twenty one says possession. The four game losing streak. We dominated possession and lost. The last two wins, we barely had any. Are the Galaxy going away from prioritizing possession? And if they are, is that a good thing? Um, here, I'll give you my first answer. Then you can explain. You can talk and say whatever you want. Is no, they're not getting away from. They, that's how you play on the road. And I think we sort of talked. That's how you play on the road. Do not expect possession on the road. That's not doesn't happen in Major League Soccer. Can can I say that it's TBD a little bit? Uh, what's working? The games that they've won, not having possession. You look at their roster and you and you say, well, who's going to be the one who possesses? And you don't really think of one player. You think of you know when that triangle in the middle was working, they were ha- holding good possession. But I don't know that they have one player who's going to dominate and really be that piece. So if you can use a counterattack and use speed and, and go against possession, I don't think that that's a negative with the Galaxy. If they choose to go that route, I think Zlatan and and Tuna on the wing. Uh, that feeds itself well to to going uh, not having possession and still getting results. So I think it's a strategy that can work for the Galaxy, but I do agree with you that it's not not their intention to go away from it. No, I almost think it is their intention to go away on the road. Yeah. You, you shouldn't try In to hold cases. possession on the road for the most part, unless you're playing a really bad team like Colorado. Yeah, um, and then then you know <laughs> things can happen. Um, but we saw what happened. Yeah, I mean, and you see the Galaxy, and I think you know the yeah there were some road games early on that they did dominate possession, but that possession without they. As you've seen this Galaxy team, they get tired in the second half. And it's a lot of times it's from that possession of not going anywhere and not doing anything. Yeah, they're making the other team chase. They're doing, you know, all the work. But when they have nothing to show for it, that's where it comes back and bites them. Yeah, so if if you're able to do that, and and that's how it goes. I I think for the Galaxy is that the Galaxy should not be, at home you shouldn't be one-dimensional. On the road you can be one-dimensional. At home it's, oh, okay, so you guys want to attack right now. Let's let's absorb some of this pressure. And and it's who's coming into town. You know, this team brings this, you know, formation, so we're going to come at them this way and, you know, we're going to have have the comfort and the ability to make these changes. 
uh, on the road, you know, you're kind of at the mercy of well, uh, of what's going on on the road. Well, and Wicked in the in the chat room says, you know, that I don't like that strategy. Teams should play their game wherever they are. True. Yes. Uh, up to a certain point. But the problem is that in Major League Soccer, you're not able to just impose your will on another like, team. There's too much equality yeah, across these yeah, teams. Yeah, the, you know, rectangle of parity. Yes. You know, you know, it, there's not what you don't, there's the Galaxy don't dominate any other team in the league so much so that they can just enforce their game plan. They're going to have to uh, wiggle room. There are going to be other teams that have strengths that the Galaxy are going to have to account for. So, yes, and ideally in a perfect world, you want to have a style play that style all the time but you know the mark of a good coach and a good team is being able to adapt to the situation as well yeah absolutely uh all right let's go to the next one and uh and let's see barry is in the light now says do we have any uh jam or tam jam or tam leftover jam tam jam or tam leftover to pick up attacking reinforcements during the next transfer window should we bench legit and allow him to come on in during the second half there's a lot of legit talk uh yeah. on the on the jam and tam though i can give you an answer nobody knows um <laughs> and and it's not that we don't try we haven't but seen salaries it's yet. also gone quiet you yeah. know because you know when when they had money to spend you you know you heard dennis DeClosa talking about we have money we're still going to bring players in he's been kind of quiet or at least the galaxy haven't been putting him well, out there i mean the transfer window is yeah. close what are you gonna do <laughs> but at the same time you know he could be saying you know we're looking to strengthen this team uh you know in the summer in once the transfer window opens so it's been kind of quiet so that tells me there may not be you know a lot of players coming in if there is it may be a reinforcement type player you're not going to get see a difference maker come in yeah um i think that uh i think the big thing uh you know for me sort of is is that it still feels like dennis has a move i feel like it's a move i don't feel like it's multiple moves now it could mean that somebody's going and that that could then result in somebody coming back in um, it could be that, you know, he's playing chess. Everyone else is playing checkers. Yeah. That was a Bruce arena thing. Don't, don't <laughs> Dennis is not on Bruce's level yet. He doesn't get to use the chess, you know, All right. this, 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 I, I said it. Dennis yeah. didn't say yeah. that. Yeah. He's, you know, come on. Um, but if he does, and I see your point, maybe he brings someone in for next year for the next couple of seasons and he makes that move now and, and you know, you, uh, you kind of make it work. Uh, you may not be happy with a player that departs now, but you, you look down the road, he, he's looking for the, you know, what's going to help this team in the next, you know, three, four years, not just this season. Well, now let's go to Leggett. Then the question about Leggett, should Leggett be on the bench? And, and here's here's my thing is that if you put Leggett on the bench, who are you bringing in for him? And are they better than Sebastian Leggett? And my answer is that even as Leggett has not played very well this year, and I think he's learning a, where his position is, because um, you certainly see him trying to do different things. Uh, I, w- I was, I, I, in my in my own living room, I was critical of, of Kobe <laughs> Jones and, and Joe Titino um, talking about there was one play, I think either in the first, I think it was the first half, um, where Sebastian Legette was running forward with the ball. He had space in front of him and Zlatan had dropped back off the top line to receive the ball. And he ended up being like five yards away from Legette. Yeah. And like they le- ran into each other, essentially. Yeah, basically they ran into each other and Legette was like passed him the ball and then stopped to move back into the center. And Zlatan played a ball like he was going to continue running. And they were critical of Sebastian Legette for not continuing his run. But I, I, I disagree with that. I'm critical of two things. One, Zlatan Ibrahimovic for asking for a ball when Legette is running in space. <laughs> he does do that, you know, on occasion. He'll, he'll drop back and, and try to play that 10 when he's not getting the service he wants. So I, I get that to an extent. So you're right. You're right to a degree there. Um, so so that's so that's that's one thing. And then two is I'm critical of Sebastian Legette for passing the ball yeah. to Zlatan when he's in space. And, and like, don't think, pass it to him. I think that's where they were going with it is because this is an accumulation thing with him. You know, 
Sebastian needs to rejuvenate himself. He kind of needs to get his mojo back. Galaxy History, one of our favorite accounts, posted a goal from him uh, from 2015 where he, you know, did a step over, did a turn, and took a one-time shot. I mean, that's what made, you know, the Galaxy fan base fall in love with him is he had a little razzle-dazzle, the confidence. Right now, it seems like he's trying to pass it at every opportunity. You know, we're not seeing that that lethal uh, finishing touch from him. And I think that's what people want to see. And, you know, granted, yes, we want him as a playmaker and to set things up, but it seems like he's taking that role almost too, too, seriously. too seriously. I know. And yeah. so that passed as Laton. It's, it's not that it was, you know, a terrible idea in the play. It's just, he didn't need to do it in that moment. You want to see him have the confidence and kind of get his mojo back. The fact that there's a, a men's national team call up, maybe this will be a good boost for him. Get, get away from this galaxy team, get away from, you know, kind of whatever atmosphere is going around that's affecting him. Let him get some confidence in a different area. Maybe he'll come back. Uh, but at the beginning of the year, I was higher on, on legit, but right now, uh, I'm not seeing it. I'm just, he just seems to have lost a little bit from me. Well, and, and here's the thing people are saying, you know, do you bench him to send a message? It's I, If you think he's not working hard, yeah. then that then I would say, yeah, bench him to send yeah. him a message. But he's working really hard. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just not. He has nothing to show for it. Yeah. Um, I don't like his 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 side-to-side movements more than anything. I like vertical. I like up and yeah. down. And he tends to get near the top of the box and then go sideways. Um, or he, he goes, used to be able to go sideways with a little more you know, ability a little more, right. I'm, he's going sideways and it seems like he's running, running into things. He, he's not having that, that, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to find the words for it, but he, he's not getting around players like he used to. I, and part of that could be the injury. He is, you know, he, he, that was a major injury that he's coming back from. And that's going to make anyone tentative when they, when they go up for tackles and they're, they're taking players on. Yeah. Um, it's just, again, I think that you don't want to discourage Legit. If he's tired, then give him a break. Um, but you really just want to keep putting him in that position. And he's not going to play in the center of the field anymore. Uh, that's Fabio Alvarez's spot. Yeah. So and you know he's playing out wide right now. I and mean, when Allison Drini went out, you, you knew that legit, that's where you were going to need him. And that's where he's played in the past. And he's shown success there. So, of course, you're going to try to utilize him there. So he seems like he's still trying to play that right. midfield triangle. But but now he's he's being asked to do something different. So he, he's adjusting. He's adju- I, I don't, you know, you would hope that you would see something out of him, like you said, get called up, hopefully, to the U.S. men's national team for him. Um, and that could that could jumpstart some things and, and sort of do that. Um, let's go to another question uh, from Code Ye ninety two. I don't I don't know why I said that in a, <laughs> in a say, Western accent. Reddit, there, I was like cowboy. Reddit's a funny place. It is well, wild wild west. Um, he's uh, this person. Don't know who it is really. I think imagine it's a guy Cody. <laughs> uh, having Stares play right back and Romney and Romney center back was an odd move. Knowing Stares' right back performance last year, I see Stares much more as an only center back player than Romney. But what does GBS see? Uh, GBS saw a whole bunch of defenders and some spots, yeah. and he said, "Go play." I felt like there was fluidity throughout the yeah. entire back they were line. Shifting. They were shifting. I mean, you know, Steris blocked a goal, and he was definitely playing in the center at that <laughs> yeah, point. Yeah, that was not from a right back. That position. wasn't from a right back. So, I mean, they moved around a lot, and that's. But the bottom line is that all those guys can play all those different positions. So you weren't making anybody uncomfortable, sort of moving one outside. One would fall in. One would tuck in back behind. You know, Sheldick stayed out pretty much wide left. Gonzalez tried to stay inside of him. Um, but there was lots of switching there, which could go totally horrible. Yeah, it, it, we've seen it go wrong in years past, and I think that's why there's the hesitation uh, when you put stairs on the right side. But but they're interchangeable, and we've seen it with Pipo and with Polenta as well. They've played on the outside back position, and they've done a serv- for serviceable job. So I think this is a good thing. You you have three center backs who can drift out you know, to the right, right or, or the left and make things happen. So, uh, like I said at the beginning, these are just starting positions and of course they're going to shift and it's going to be fluid and they're going to make things work. So, um, I understand the hesitation, but again, they, Daniel Stairs hasn't showed anything 
that you can't trust him this season. You know, you, you have to give him that benefit that the through the first you know set of games he he's been solid back there. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be eh, again. Um, I wonder if Bruce Arena values him. Wonder That's if, an interesting question. Wonder if, wonder <laughs> if Sebastian Legette or somebody like Dave Romney. Yeah. Or you know some of the these some are all guys. guys who are familiar with Bruce. Wonder what Bruce. Wonder what Bruce is going to do this summer. Which is interesting because do you have Galaxy, insider information yet? I don't glean in your eye. I, I don't. don't like, just, I don't like I, this one bit. It just it's sort of just in my in little back, light bulb, yeah. little light bulb one. Oh, you know, it's like whenever you're in the shower and you're thinking about the different galaxy formations. Which what do I that's do? That's what you do. That's what I do all the time. <laughs> that's what you think about. And you're like shower? you're like oh well maybe you could do this. Okay. You know, um, don't know, don't know. But anyway, that was interesting. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to see if there's anything else. Uh, galaxy fan eighty nine says earlier in the year you said Dennis Closa was open to coming on the podcast. Any chance he makes an appearance soon? Maybe. Um, I <laughs> that's know. a definite maybe. That's a definite, almost, maybe, possibly. Uh, if you've noticed, I haven't had a whole bunch of guys on the podcast this year, so we're, <laughs> we're still trying. We're still working through that. Um, let's see. Uh, somebody asked, I wouldn't mind you guys looking at how many different configurations of the back line there have been this season and what combinations have and haven't worked. I mean, look at Romney. One start, one shutout. He actually has two starts, two shutouts. Yeah. Dave Romney comes in. Yeah, nobody scores. <laughs> uh, Kevin Baxter is going to yeah. get a Dave Romney for he's president gonna, shirt here die, pretty soon. Die on that hill. He's going to die on the Dave Romney hill, <laughs> uh, which I think is hey, I you know you know this podcast has a soft spot for defenders, has a soft spot for probably domestic defenders like Omar Gonzalez and AJ De La Garza. Yeah. Whenever you know Sean Franklin, Todd yeah. Dunham. I mean, this podcast was built on those guys' <laughs> back right there. Um, and so you, you're talking about Dan Stares and Dave yeah. Romney. I mean, that's a, that's right. Bread Josh, and butter over that, here. That's Josh's wheelhouse right here. <laughs> give me some, give me some defender love. Um, but no, it's, it's, it's all fun. Um, listen, there's been a ton. They all have worked and not worked at one point. Or the other. I think the <laughs> thing we've really shown more than anything, and it's not just a cop out, but there, I mean, you have Araujo can play. I'll tell you this. I wouldn't play Araujo and Traore at the same time. we we saw what happens when you play them at the same time. Right. Yeah. You can play, you can play Felcher and Shelvick at the same time. Mm-hmm. You can play people out on the left. You can play people in the center. You can play people at the right. You can play Dan stairs in the center. You can play uh, Polenta on the left. Can, I like Polenta out left. It wasn't you know, horrible. Yeah. He got tired though. He got he's, tired. Yeah. And, and, but you see the service that he's able to put in, you know, he, he sends a great long ball. So having him out left, you know, putting service up front, I, I think that's that's a good spot for Polenta, especially when you have three center blacks playing playing well. Someone's going to have to shift at some point. Yep, yep, it is. Uh, it's it's always good. All right, uh, let's see. Um, An email question as well. Oh yeah, okay. Go give highlights, <laughs> highlights, highlights. So yes. basically, it's you know uh, the fact that they were still third or fourth in the supporter shield standing, and they asked himself, how's this even possible? Uh, you know, who is this? Th- this Who? is again Philip Rivera. So again, not yeah. Philip Rivers. I initially read this. I said this guy really likes Dignity Health Sports Park, hanging out there. But Philip Rivera basically said, um, you know, the, the Galaxy either win or lose, and there's nothing in between. Is there anything to that? And and we kind of glanced at it earlier. Six six like, draws is the same as two wins. So do you feel better about you know winning? I think mathematically you're better off trying to win those games because if you win a few of them or half of them, you're going to end up with more points if you draw. So you know that may be GBS's style is going for the win, and you know you're not going to win all those, but in the, the long run it might work out. This is the uh, the Dave Denholm argument. This is the Dave Dem because he said he he would always say whenever you've been on this podcast many times. Remember diehard Al- Galaxy fan. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Denholm, uh, he would come on and he would say, you know, why doesn't Bruce try to win on the road more? Because if you try to win, even if you lose, but you win a couple more games, you get more points than if yeah, you draw. Mathematically, yeah. it makes more sense. It, it just, there is something, and this is one of those things where analytics and I all of a sudden go into this deep vortex of like swirling around going, but the numbers say it'll work, but my my head says it doesn't work all <laughs> that time. Um, that sometimes knowing when to go for a draw is a smart thing. I mean, look at the Galaxy in Colorado. 
was yeah. going for a draw eventually there at home. Would have been a bad yeah. draw, but is it a worse loss? It's a worse loss. Yes. But can, I, there would have been still the same furor would have been reached by the by draw. everybody with a draw. Yes, absolutely. We and, drew to the last team in the league. But you would have had one more point. <laughs> and that one point is, is more is important. One, yeah, is I one mean, point going to make the difference? And and the other interesting thing uh, is you say mathematically it makes more sense, but you know they've done studies on what's the home field advantage, and it's not really the stadium. It's not the players. It's the referees. Right. So it's having the home fans yelling at the referees. These referees are human. They're going to make calls based on, on how the crowd is reacting to them, and that's really where the difference happens. So, um, you know, you do have to factor the human element. You could say, you know, mathematically, and, and if you put it in a computer, but these are all humans who are playing the game and, and they're going to have different factors. So you have to approach each game differently. Ah, I agree. You want to do this preview? You want to talk about New England? Sure. Are you are you ready for a preview? Are, am I doing a thing? I don't know. You know, I take notes. You know, some people say I went a little bit overboard. You know, I'm not supposed. Who said that? Not supposed to prepare for that? my daughter. You're talking. <laughs> She's six. She's, she's six. She's yeah. like she's like a little over the top there. Yeah, Dad. you know, you, it's the funny funny story behind these is you know if you have a child who's under ten years old, they basically live on YouTube. Yes. So to earn some cachet at home, I say, hey, you know, Dad's on YouTube. If you want to check that out, and she's not going to want to listen to you know go in the deep dive of the Dave Romney and Dan Stairs talk. Right. So you know, he played the the funny preview. Dad being a little silly, and she, she thought it was hilarious. The Game of Thrones one. So you know, came home. You know, last time I did one of these, hey, you want to see Dad's preview? Sure. Play it, and she goes, nah. That was a little bit too long, and, and it wasn't very funny. So those are the notes that wow. I get at home. Wow. No that's, love. That's no tough. love. That's tough. They say, <laughs> they say that a positive comment that you get lasts for about a minute or two. Yeah. And a negative comment you get lasts for about a month. Sounds so, about right. So, yeah, she's in your head. <laughs> she's, she's doing good. All right. If you're ready. I'm ready. Um, then we can go ahead and, uh, and get this going. Hold on. Let me move this over here and do that right there and tweak so that. No, letting okay. nerves I, build here. I am. I, well, I want you to screw it up just <laughs> once. So maybe I could do one again. That would be fun. All right. Here we go. Uh, dramatic preview. New England versus our New England at the LA Galaxy. Lakers, Celtics, Red Sox, Dodgers, Patriots, Rams, Revolution, Galaxy. Only one LA team has dominated the Boston-Los Angeles sporting rivalry, and that team is your five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy. The rivalry continues this Sunday at 7.30 p.m. at Dignity Health Sports Park as the boys from Beantown, accompanied by our beloved Bruce, look to stifle Zlatan and this streaking Galaxy team on Pride Night. If you were to place your bets on the Galaxy winning this game, I'd say that you are wicked smart. Wow, wicked smart, huh? You know, have to throw a little Boston. You, you, want, a, you want a little? I didn't want to go overboard. You didn't. You, so I kept you, it a little you, you shorter took the this notes. time. Yeah, you I took, took the, the notes. notes. <laughs> Went with the Boston LA rivalry. So uh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. I like it. Yeah. Well, is Bruce going to be there? Don't know. He 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 he's uh, he's when, under he's underselling it. He's going to be there. When asked, they said, "Hey, Bruce, are you going to coach coach this game coming up?" <laughs> and Bruce goes, "It doesn't make sense, but it does make sense." Bruce goes, "I always coach." <laughs> <laughs> Even when I don't coach, I coach. He's like the most interesting man in the world. Ah, uh, it's it's it, Bruce. And the, so so a little behind the scenes, Panda Panda calls me. He goes, "Did you hear Bruce's comments?" I'm like, "No, I haven't." So he read them to me and stuff like that. He goes, I, "I go, yeah." I go, "That sounds like Bruce." And he goes, "He goes, yeah." He goes, "But you know, I kind of feel bad." I'm like, "Why?" He goes, "Well, I thought we had something special here with Bruce that like he was only like being a smart <laughs> no, aleck, you know, to all of us." Bruce is Bruce. No, I'm like, I'm like, no, no, no. No, that's 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 Bruce. Bruce has always been Bruce. It doesn't matter who he's talking to. You could be talking to some fans, and he would be a little bit of a wise guy yeah. whenever it came to it. So, uh, very interesting stuff. Again, uh, LA Galaxy face off against New England Revolution coming up on Sunday, June second. Now, Wango Tango, 
June, oh, yeah, that's right. June 1st. It's on, on the field. You know, when I saw this, I said, you know, maybe they're doing it, you know, on the tennis stadium or making it work. But the stage is actually on the ACB side right in front of 121. So there's going to be something on the field, a concert. You know, Taylor Swift's going to be there. Five seconds of T summer. Swiz- those, okay, so like you had me <laughs> at Taylor are- Swift and then you added five seconds of summer. And I'm like, <laughs> those are my guys right there. I'm going to have to get my T-shirts out. And we're gonna, <laughs> so we're, I'm curious what 100- the field conditions are going to be on screw, Sunday. Screw the field conditions for a second. 170 bucks gets us yeah, there. You know, we may or may not have been looking at floor seats available. Well, you know, the closer, the better. I was going to say, obviously. we know some people at AEG in the front office. Maybe. They might be able to have some tickets fall off a, fall off a truck. Have, you know, Josh and the hammer at, at Wingo Tango. Five seconds of so- they just understand me. They get me. That's that's the whole problem. You know, their new their new single out is is, is getting anyway. Back to the game. Uh, so they will be on the field. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, a lot of times, what they do is they lay down like a, ply- yes. a plywood or some sort of barrier. <clears throat> but that's going to affect the field as well. Is it going to be slippery? Is it going to be slippery? I don't yeah. know. I, I get the weather's supposed to be good, so yes. that's all. That's all good news. There's not supposed to be rain or anything because yeah. then now you're really talking yes. like it could be a mess. Um, but Wango Tango on Saturday. Um, and it's that's gonna... why the game was originally scheduled uh, for, for Saturday yeah. and it got pushed to Sunday. So um, that's the reason why it's moving. So, you know, we're going to get to see how the how the field looks once they take on uh, Carl's Carl's Jill's New England Revolution. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're looking up some stats here. Yeah. I was I was yeah. like, I was like, I don't even know who, who these people are. Um, it's not I, a good sign. So whenever the LA, I remember, so so the LA Galaxy facing off against New England Revolution in uh, in MLS Cup, so 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went and talked to one of the fans. Now this is a guy who uh, who sits down in, in Section 108 and who I had known for a very long time, and who had been there for MLS Cup wins in, in 2011, 2012. Um, and so he was asking me before the team for the game, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, New England has a, a pretty good team, you know, blah blah blah. And he and he looks at me, he goes, Who are these guys? <laughs> he goes, I don't even know who they are. He goes, They're not going to beat the Galaxy. He goes, It's impossible. I don't know who they are, right? Yeah. And and that's what it feels like. I mean, you have some guys on here who who obviously you recognize. Yeah. Um, Teal Bunbury, Juan Aguadello. So these are the recognizable names. When you look at the stat sheet, uh, you know it's Tejan Buchanan and, and Carlos Jill. So it's it's these aren't household names. So the fact that uh, one the New England Revolution isn't exactly setting the world on fire with scoring goals or winning games. That, so it's not like these are breakout stars. It just this is the best that they have. And it's just some interesting names that you might not know. Yeah, I, I would say that there's a reason that they lost yeah. their general manager <laughs> and head coach and now have Bruce yeah, Arena and Brad Friedel. Yeah. Speaking of a- accents. By by Brad Friedel. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that's an it's always been an interesting case of, uh, of did you know there's an actual medical condition where people who have who, who hit, get hit in the head. And, change. Um, and they change accents. Yeah, I've heard about that. The, didn't, didn't Madonna have that? Doesn't Madonna have I, an accent? I don't now? think she got hit in the head. I don't <laughs> think that was the reason. But oh, anyway, you can't prove, can't prove that. Uh, one of the things you have to watch here is that Matt Turner, the current goalkeeper of the of the minute, I guess, yeah. for the New England Revolution, got a red card uh, against DC United. They drew one one with DC yeah. United, but tried there was... to kill Wayne Rooney. Yeah, <laughs> jeez, what a tackle! <laughs> it was a denial of an obvious goal scoring <laughs> opportunity. A little dog, so there it was also a serious foul. Yeah, um, it was pretty pretty intense. Welcome so, to America, Wayne Rooney. Jeez. Yeah, so Matt. <laughs> Turner got a red card in that, so that means he's not playing. Now, the interesting thing is that Cody Cropper, who is the guy who had more games... I was going to say, if you go to revolutionsoccer.net, again, great website. Glad that the New England Revolution... I feel like New England's going to win, because just, <laughs> we just how keep, much... We keep piling on. But, who are these guys? <laughs> they, .net but Cody, address? Yeah, yes. Cody Cropper leads the stats in the goalkeeping category, but he actually hasn't even been on the bench in the last four games. So it's been Matt Turner who's got the starts. Matt Turner now with a red card not starting. So you look at their third stringer, who was their second stringer, Brad Knighton. So uh, if if you look to the Colorado game and you're worried about this, you say last place Colorado came in and they beat the LA Galaxy. New England can do the same thing. 
Colorado had Tim Howard. So whatever your thoughts are on Tim Howard, he's a world-class goalkeeper at some point. He has some skill. Here we're going against a second string, possibly a third string uh, goalkeeper and a weak team. So you feel a little bit better about this game, you know, if that puts it in perspective. If Zlatan can make Tim Melia look silly, imagine we could do against a second or third string goalkeeper. So I, I feel like um, there's no real excuses here. They're not going to have a Tim Howard. Uh, they don't have a, a, a legit goal scorer. So I, I think we can see the Galaxy win big. Uh, we finally get our, our blow off the brakes of a team win. You know, Min- and that might be two three zero for them. Minus seventeen goal differential. Yeah, that's not good. They've allowed thirty two <laughs> goals and scored fifteen. Um, there, that's the worst in the league. Yeah. Uh, it, by three goals, it looks like. Yeah, by three goals, worst in the league. Uh, minus seventeen. So the, you know, there's a lot of things. The, the bottom line is we don't know if Bruce is going to be there. Bruce is actually on the sideline. Did these guys get a boost? Yes, they are going to get a Bruce boost. All right, that's going <laughs> to happen. How much of a Bruce boost do you get though? Yeah, but and but if you look at, and I guess there's a few a few holdovers uh, from Bruce. Who's who's a holdover on the roster? Because I don't think anyone in the galaxy would care. Legit. Yeah, legit. Stairs. Juninho. Yeah. Um, Steris, yeah, Romney, Romney was there. Um, Boateng was Boateng there? Or did he come Boateng in was in, was yeah, involved yeah, in yeah, that yeah, area. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so it's interesting. I don't know that the the Galaxy players, you know, if that fires them up at all. Um, you know, I don't think there are any ill feelings towards Bruce. So, I don't know that it makes a difference if he shows up. It just adds to the drama and the story of it. And I think he's going to show up because Bruce is just that kind of guy to to throw a monkey wrench. Uh, in the plans, but um, I don't think it makes a difference to the on-field performance for either team. Uh, three, eight, and four for New England, uh, by the way. Oh, four and three on the road. Uh, so no road wins, which is of course Colorado territory. <laughs> I was gonna um, say we are really digging digging the grave here. here it comes. Want to go to five thirty eight? Yeah. What is five thirty eight? Oh, five thirty eight is gonna be like seventy <laughs> percent chance. No, they never go that high. Five thirty eight. They did go seventy percent when they played Colorado. <laughs> uh, so so it's not that high. So it's not that high. Galaxy have a sixty four percent chance to win. 19% for a draw, 17 for a loss. Second time they've done this, highest percentage to win of all the weekend games. Atlanta over Chicago is also at 64%. Right. Last time this happened was Colorado. So I understand you want to be cautious about this, but I think this should be an easy win for the Galaxy. Oh, let's see. One win in their last seven games for New England. Uh, the last time they won was 5-11-19, so May 11th versus San Jose Earthquakes, a 3-1 win. Uh, their last loss was a 5 nothing whooping by Chicago in Chicago on May 8th. Uh, they have been playing a little bit better if you look yeah. at, at what it is. So there's been a little turn happens, already. Yeah, whenever you fire your coach, you always get a little bit of a boost. You know, see Colorado. But they're going up against David Bingham, five shutouts on the season. <laughs> Bings. Big big game Dave. Big game Dave Bingham right there. Um yeah, so it's interesting. All right, so what's your uh what's your what's your what's your chance? I wanna say, you know, big, big, big win, but I think it's a three zero. Just to handle their business, three goals. Could be a hat trick from Zlatan. He could have his way with this New England defense. Uh, uh, I see an easy win. I'll have to do the math. The Galaxy are at least over 180 minutes of scoreless soccer that they've played <laughs> so far in, in terms of keeping people off the board. So uh, going again, making it 270 plus, whatever it was for the previous game. I don't remember. I have to look to see exactly when the goal was scored. Um, but 270 minutes. Listen, it gives the defense a, a ton of confidence. I mean, you saw yeah. it in the KC game that the guys were actually playing to hold the shutout. Yeah, and, and the more the game went on and you saw... Uh, Kansas City have opportunities. It seems like the more opportunities Casey had, the the more strength and more confidence that gave the Galaxy because they knew these guys are throwing the kitchen sink and they still can't get it. So, you know, whatever that, doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That's the Kevin sink. Not <laughs> the, the kitchen. Ke- the Kevin sink. Thank you very much. Kevin kitchen. The Kevin the Kevin sink. All right. Um, so, yeah, that's where we're at. That's where you have uh, the LA Galaxy getting ready to play on Sunday. This is the last game before that international break. Well, what's your prediction? Uh, Did you throw a prediction? I Galaxy, you, you last game before the... Uh, let's see. 2-0. Um, uh, two, two 
it's nothing. not it's not going to be flashy. Okay. It's not going to be flashy. We're not going to get the big the big win. Yeah, I mean, listen, it could be two nothing, <laughs> it could be seven nothing. All right? I mean, you know, they could win. Yeah, it could be 7-5. They you could know, lose something ridiculous. They could draw. It's definitely one of those. Uh, you're playing that game again. I don't like this. Moving no, on. No, I think they win. Yeah. Um, I think they win. I don't think it's going to be flashy. I think yeah. that New England probably gets a pretty good bounce from Bruce showing up or not showing up or yeah. being in a box somewhere and looking down upon them as Bruce <laughs> Waving does. to yeah. the millions upon millions yeah. at, at the diggity. Doing it from his box up <laughs> high with the little Princess Diana wave, you know, that was that type of thing. Um, so, no, I, I think that's it. I think this is the best chance. The Galaxy looking to close it out with three wins, going to the international break. You don't play basically for 20 days until uh, MLS play until you get back. So all this just builds confidence during that break. So whatever you can do, as long as you can make it, emphatic yeah uh, even if that means winning in the 90th minute you have something that is like pumping gonna carry you up you over, and it's going to yeah. carry you over um and get it done um i think the galaxy should and should win this i mean you we get into shoulds and cans and all that stuff this is a this is a a win they should it's have a no-brainer yeah it's easy it's one that if they don't win they're going to look back at and you know we the, did this last season missed points dropped points if, if they don't win this one this is one we're going to look back at all right there you go la galaxy playing 7 30 p.m that's right, a p.m. game on Sunday, June 2nd. It's a school night. Hey, Game of Thrones is over. Yeah, it is. It's, so you'll it's, be able to enjoy the game. Spectrum Sportsnet uh, is where you can find a Dignity Health Sports Park. And, of course, it is Pride Night as well. So that's yes. a, that's always a fun night. That's true. We didn't touch on that No, we much, didn't. But, but it's always a successful event yeah, when so the Galaxy throw Pride Night. It's uh, always a good time. So uh, looking forward to seeing everybody out there. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Do you have anything else that you want to get to before we're done? Or, or are we done? We're think, done. I we feel a, like we're done. Yeah, we're good. All right, good. Uh, let's see. Why don't you tell people where they can find you? You can find me on Twitter at GIS Hammer. You could also hear me on the Guys in Shorts podcast. Find them at Guys in Shorts Pod. And let's get me to 600 followers on Instagram with a professional foul. So that's on Instagram at Galaxy Profile. That's Galaxy P R O F O U L. All right, make sure you follow Eric there. Always a good follow. I enjoy it, at least. I don't know if anybody else does. It's just me. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Gessman, J G U E S M A N. And of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com for all of our game previews, our recaps, every all the news that you need to know right there, cornerofthegalaxy.com, including these podcasts and all that fun stuff. You can figure out where to subscribe to all of our stuff. Just look at that subscribe button or follow us on our live shows and click on that live button on Thursdays at 7. All right, I think that about does it. Galaxy versus New England on Sunday. We'll be there. Can't wait to see everybody out there. Uh, drive safe. Have a good weekend. Uh, for Eric, the Portuguese Hammer Vieira, I'm Josh Gessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Arajo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.